You are listening to episode 49 of the Less Stress, More Fun podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about money stress. You are listening to the Less Stress, More Fun podcast. I'm your host, certified coach Lisa Schwaller. Each week, we talk about how you can rise above the stress of modern living so that you can focus your energy on what matters most. All right, let's get started. Hello, hello. How are you doing today? Oh, it's so fun to be in this space with all of you. I can feel your energy, and I'm really excited to be having this conversation. This is number three in a set of five basic podcasts about stress. For September, with it being back to school season, I wanted to explore the fundamentals, thinking of the kids going back to school and revisiting the things that they learned last year so they can get ready for the new year ahead. I thought, oh, that actually sounds kind of nice. Let's just go back to the basics. Today, I want to talk about money stress. I wanted to talk today about some of the reasons that people tend to feel stressed about money, things that aren't the obvious reasons. Then, of course, we're going to talk about a few things you can do about it so you can put these concepts into practice. I have a list of reasons that people feel stressed about money. A lot of this comes from my experience, reading I've done, talking to the humans in the world, and then, of course, with thousands of coaching clients. One of the things that seems to come up a lot around money is thinking things should be different than what they are. I should have more. I should be further along by now, as if life were this linear journey where things just progressively improve. Of course, that might be what we want, right? We don't want to think about like going forward and backward. Yet that should thinking causes us a lot of stress because it places us in a situation where what we're experiencing isn't the preferred option, or even sometimes our minds make it wrong, that where we are is wrong. A lot of times what I see specifically around money stress is regret. There's a lot of judging ourselves and other people for their past choices. If only I hadn't done this. If only I'd done that. Before I got into this work, I would find myself thinking, oh, I wish I would have dot, dot, dot. I did not grow up in a financially savvy family and the idea of a 401k or a Roth IRA, like these things were not part of what my family experienced growing up. It was get a good government job with a pension. I didn't know. I thought, oh, if I give to my 401k, if I change jobs or something, I'm going to lose that money. I didn't realize it was portable. I felt so silly when I learned this. Every once in a while, I used to find myself regretting that I didn't get started younger, that I didn't prioritize saving younger. Well, I, I can't go back in time and undo those decisions. Living with that regret was causing me a lot of stress. And it is something that I hear a lot from people when we talk about money, their money goals and their money beliefs and history. I think another reason, a surprising reason that people feel stressed about money is because we're in a world where there's so much manufactured desire, whether it's for experiences or belongings or even this dream of ease. 
I think more than any other time in human history, we are able to compare ourselves to a wildly unusual standard by human history. Even the expectations for the kinds of trips families should be having or houses that they should be living in or cars to be driving. I don't think we've ever been as inundated by not only the comparison between people that we know or know secondhand, but then all day long, the marketing and the feeding this fuel of desire. When we look at our money situation by comparison to what we think is this evidence around us, we find our situation coming up short. And then usually we make it mean something is wrong about us because that's what human brains do. The other reason I think people are stressed about money is comparison. I talked a little bit about that with all that desire for experiences and things in the world, but there's also a sense of like comparing ourselves to our former selves, comparing ourselves to our family, things that aren't just the desire to have money for the experiences and purchases that it would provide for us, but that money is a representation of what we do in the world. I think for a lot of people, that comparison can be very subtle and it shows up in surprising ways. Like, oh, when I was in college, I chose this major and I could have been in this career or I could have done this or that. And comparing ourselves to our lifestyles we had at different points in our life or even like family or extended family can be a very interesting way that our brain is like, see, you're not doing it right. Look at all this extra evidence. The other reason people feel stressed about money is what I'm calling inconsistent action. They may have a financial goal and be making progress, and then something comes up and they'll derail their progress. They may have a savings goal and maybe they're paying down debt. And then something happens and they need to make a purchase, and all of a sudden they're spending money that's outside of their budget. So there's a sense of what can be stressful is almost a sense of, I know what I'm supposed to do or what I want to do, and the actions don't always back it up. And people have a hard time letting go of those choices and figuring out what was fueling that inconsistent action and how do you want to to move forward. Money stress is, is such an interesting type of stress when I see it in in my practice, whether it's I want to create more revenue in my business or I want to get paid more, but then also just the the day-to-day decision-making. I mean, in a lot of ways, the only way we know how people are managing their money is with these two-dimensional things we see or close friends and family. What's so interesting is there's this perception of all this abundance. And then the, they also say that you know, a really high percentage of Americans don't have $1,000 in savings to deal with an emergency. It's such an interesting, distorted view of what people have and what they choose and do purchases equal wealth. I mean, that's something I talk about with my kids is, you know, there's decisions you make with your money, what to earn, you know, what you value you want to create in the world, but then also your spending habits. And just because you're spending money doesn't mean you have a lot of it to spend. (laughs) Could just mean you have a lot of credit. 
it's a really interesting type of stress because it's like looking in a funhouse mirror. It's so hard to get a sense of rightness. Am I doing it right? Am I doing it as well as I can? How do I measure up? There's a lot of that sense. So that's money stress, but what do we do about it? What can you do about it? I would say the first thing when it comes to money stress is to connect to the way your mind is talking to you about the situations. How does your mind talk to you about money? Or do you tell yourself, I'm great with money, I'm responsible with money, I can create more money? Or do you tend to, as most of my clients do, say things like, I'm not that good with money. We didn't have a lot of money growing up, so I I didn't see that modeled for me. And I feel like I have a lot to offer, but I'm not able to create the kind of money that I want. Paying attention to how you talk to yourself about money can be informative. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that if you notice money thoughts that seem constrictive instead of abundant and rich in nature, that you can just hop over to positive affirmations and feel better. But it's hard to make changes in your behaviors if your thinking is stacked against you. You know what I mean? Notice how you're talking to yourself and and approach it not with like, oh, no, I've got to change my money beliefs. But, oh, I'm really curious. When I tell myself I'm not very good with money, what are the facts? Because you could choose that money is a skill, like learning how to manage your personal finances, learning how to manage a business's finances. Those are skills. It's not like you have a good with money gene that makes you more inclined to have skill and experience in being responsible with your money or growing your money or whatever you want to create as it relates to money. That's one thing you can do. Just pay attention how you're talking to yourself. Get curious about it. The second, this is a really powerful suggestion that I've used and I've seen other people use is just manage your inputs. Be careful what goes into your mind and watch how you think about it. If you're constantly comparing yourself or have a lot of desire, you may want to consider what you put into your head. It's interesting. I will pick up a Vogue magazine and it means nothing to me. It's like watching a nature magazine or something. I'm not in the fashion. I don't prioritize it. It's not my thing. Those are my thoughts. But I know other people who will pick that up and be filled with this intense longing. If you're trying not to spend money on clothes, if you're trying not to exceed your clothes budget, you might want to be curious. Is looking at this, is it is it fun? Is it enjoyable? Does it help me? think expansively or does it make me feel like longing or this urgent desire to spend more money that's out of sync with my priorities? The same could be true for social media or even TV. Pay attention to what goes in your head and not just what goes in your head because that's all neutral. That's just literally pixels and noise coming into your head. It's what happens in your body, how it makes you feel and how that may change the actions that you're committed to taking. The third recommendation that I have for managing money stress is to take smaller actions, make smaller plans. I see this actually a lot in growing the business. They're like, I want to create this great big goal. And they get excited about it, but then they're not doing anything to actually pull and attract customers into the business. 
I think sometimes it's because the goal is just it's so fantastical to them. They're like, I want to be a unicorn. And they're like, oh, when I'm a unicorn, I'm going to I'm going to be a flying unicorn. They get into the fantasy of it, but it's so far removed from the practicality of it. I've heard other people who coach in the money space like, you know, say you want to make $100,000 a year in a business. Could you create $8,800 next month, which would be $100,000 over a 12-month amortized time period? When people are stressed about money, creating money, paying things off, anything you can do to bring the goal down, it's still maybe a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe it does stretch you outside of your comfort zone, but it's something that seems real to you and you can actually accomplish. because. Getting those small wins can be an amazing way. So Dave Ramsey, I don't know if you like him, hate him, whatever. I don't really follow him anymore, but I know years ago, one of the things I thought was really interesting is when people would say Dave Ramsey's snowball method, where he would say, just pay the smallest thing off, then go to the next one, the next one, the next one. It so taps into the human psychology of, oh, look, I got this small bill knocked out. Now I'll get the next largest bill. I thought it was funny when financial planners were saying things like, that's not actually the most responsible. You should pay off the highest interest items. But at the end of the day, there's logic and then there's getting yourself into action and you get to decide what works well for you. I mean, I joke, if we all just did what we knew we were supposed to do for ourselves, we'd all have six-pack abs and a million dollars in the bank. Like the, the how is not as mysterious as how can I invite myself to get closer to the goals that I want to create? Ah, that's such a nice thought. I want to pause on that one. How do we invite ourselves to get closer to the goals we want to create? That leads right into my invitation for you this week. I invite you to journal what you want to create in your life, whether it's money you want to create, savings, business revenue, pay things off, whatever it is that you would like to create in your life. Bring it down to a three-month time period. What would you like to create financially in the next three months? I like that time frame because it's long enough that you can make real traction. You have to show up and run experiments, but short enough where you're not just hanging on for something to happen. Imagine that three-month goal And then list all the obstacles that would get in the way of your reaching it. Just go ahead. Have a full-on pity party. (laughs) Let's say the goal, let's keep the math easy, is I would like to save $1,000 in the next three months. What's going to come in the way is there could be home repairs. The car's definitely going to break down now that I put that goal out in the universe. Um, I might have my hours cut at work. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then when you have those obstacles, you could bring in curiosity, bring in playfulness and say, well, what if all of that happened? I could still create $1,000. What would I be thinking? What would I be feeling? What would I do? Allow yourself to have the goal, go ahead and, and list all those potential obstacles, but then also invite yourself into play and say, but what if I could? Because imagine like with a goal like that, or whatever the goal would be for you. Maybe it's, I'm going to create two more customers in the next three months, or I'm going to pay off that small 
student loan that's been hanging over my head for all those years, whatever it is, and see if you what you can do to almost get yourself excited about the goal. Get curious what you can create with these shorter timeframes. Awesome. So money stress. There's so many atypical reasons beyond just the numbers, the income and the expenses. Maybe you're telling yourself you should be somewhere else. You're regretting former decisions. You're overwhelmed with desire that's manufactured all around us. Intentionally, so we will desire things. Maybe you're comparing yourself to a different standard. Maybe you've had a little trouble being consistent with your actions. So what do you do about it? I would say the top three things are just pay attention to how you talk to yourself about money, manage what goes into your mind, what your influences are, and then make smaller plans and take smaller but decisive actions. That's what I have for you. We have two more of these episodes coming up. I can't wait. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying what you're learning, I'd love to have you as a member of the Less Stress, More Fun community on Facebook. Join me there to continue the conversation from the podcast. Plus, you'll get access to things I share only with community members. I'll talk to you next week.